right, folks. It's the end of the line for the Red Oak Ballroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey. Yes, guys. it is. We are back here at Inspire AD, Max and Biss, the conglomerate force behind <laughs> Inspire Pro Wrestling and Inspire AD. And uh, yeah, man, this week we're talking about actually what is one of my favorite cards we've ever done in Inspire that also happened to culminate with the finale of the Red Oak Ballroom Saga. Uh, fuck that place. Fuck those people. I hope they die in a fucking car crash. I don't even remember them anymore. But Whatever, dude. You fucking yelled at them. So I, I did. We'll get time. to that. You were like, you made... I think you almost made that lady cry. I made the I made the gentleman cry. Yeah, yes. you made, was it? Yeah, oh, I made the guy cry. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I thought it was a lady. No, I made the guy cry. It was a lady I talked to because it was a mean ass lady that worked there. She wasn't there that day. Okay, but you I the dealt, guy cry. I dealt with the intern who was very nervous and the gentleman that was yeah crying yeah. at the end. Yeah. Anyway, those people were human tire fires, but um, yeah, man, this is this is the. Uh, this is the final show at the Red Oak Ballroom, and I can't say I was sad to leave that place. It just, it had a bad aura to it, you know? This, you know what I mean? This had to be, like, we had to be fairly free in booking this. Yeah. Because this was, this was almost like, oh, this is it, it's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's something there's something liberating about when you think something is the end, because <laughs> you just, you just want to get all your shit in, yeah. you know? That was definitely the case with this this particular particular show, uh, and so some really crazy shit yeah. happens yeah. on this particular event, and a lot of people still talk about things that happened here too. <laughs> this was this was completely like I don't think there was anything I said no to on this show. Yeah, there was nothing where I was like, "Nah, man, come you on." Said any, no, gotta, anything anyway. We got to rail this in. I think no, thing, it was like, "Let's fuck yeah. it, let's do you it." You know, also, also, you know what, man? When we come back, we need to do more crazy <sighs> shit because this is still a, a, a this is still a card that a lot of people talk about. We need to do crazy stuff, like, like we need to have Dimitri wrestle Jason Voorhees or some shit. Oh my shit. god! I'm no. serious, man. First show uh, back, there's gonna be a tent in that ring, and Jason Voorhees is gonna <laughs> kill some campers, and then Dimitri's gonna have to come out and save them. <laughs> That's gonna happen. You don't believe me? Hey, don't give it away for free, man. Okay. Buy your tickets. Yeah. No, I mean. I don't know when, but look, like... if you can sell this, okay, <laughs> we're gonna get a cease and desist from Paramount. Paramount Plus. Yeah, maybe. All right, or, anyway, or we're going to stream on the network, man. So, Super Fantasy Force. It was the name of this this card. Yes, it was. <laughs> and it, a, a great dumb title. It's funny, like people people always rag on some of the titles, but to me, is there anything more Japanese sounding than Super Fantasy it Force? It was pretty good. It sounds like either an anime or a, a video game that's way too hard for uh, Caucasians. Yeah, exactly. But it, it 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 was a it was a great card. Also, leading into this show. We stop doing business with someone that I had for a long time just hated, <laughs> hated dealing with this person. So when we first started doing a lot of our posters, I went in a more fairground approach because my first show was a fairground show. It was a WWF show. But the way that they did posters back in that, that period, even before that period, the 60s into the 70s, I really loved the way that classic wrestling posters looked. And of course, that gets that that changes over time, and it morphs into more of this weird film homage kind of thing. But we worked with this guy by the name of Dustin Nance, and Nance was a guy who, over the course of several years, began to get too big for his britches. There was just something leading into this period. I think he he just started to get increasingly late. He, uh, he was very angry, very drunky guy yeah. seemed like I don't want to call him an alcoholic but like yeah I think I don't seem, know seemed to, seemed to be some issues I like, talked to him a lot when he was drunk yeah that's <laughs> um, what I'm saying um, but like he kind of reached this weird just douchey uh, plateau here before the before the actual event took place and I remember just sitting there waiting to get work from him done and the work that he handed me just looked like 
like it came out of a mental ward. It just it was so it was so just cut and paste with safety scissors and it just looked awful. And he when I called him on it, uh, he said, "I'm sorry, the douchiest thing you can probably say to me." He said. I'm really focusing on my own brand, brother. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What brand? Like, what are you, what are you putting out? Jeans? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Brand. You know, the, like the Dustin Nance brand, brother. And then, sure enough, he shows me this logo that just says Dustin Nance. And I mean, I'm like, what do you, what do you, like, are you pimping yourself? I mean, like, whatever. Anyway, at that point, I just said, you know what? Go fuck yourself. And I tapped this guy that I know by the name of Steve Rice, who is a great genre artist, and he did the poster for this. And this, of course, takes a lot of our, uh, our work in a weird direction. And, of course, it also aids us in a lot of ways that people don't consider. You know, we had just recently lost our photographer, Joel Loeschman, who had really minted a look and uh, echelon of quality for us. But, of course, we, didn't, we couldn't lean on him anymore to produce really great photos. But Steve had some really good ideas going forward. But I always really love the poster for this. I love the vibe of it. I love the title of the show. But also, the card itself is fantastic. So, yeah. Is there anything you want to say going into this? Like anything that occurred that you remember? Man, it's such a dark spot for me. Yeah. It's like I remember... I remember... The, the main thing, I remember Ember Moon being there, you know? It was her first time back since she was signed. Oh, man. That <clears> so that was out. cool. It was right around Christmas. It was my first Ember Moon hug. Oh, yeah. She actually gave me a hug, <laughs> and it shocked me. It was like, I was like, oh, cool. You don't hate me because uh, I'm not booking you. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. it was around Christmas, and it was like, it was almost like just, it, it, it wasn't the same, like, dire, like, dread of the last one. It was just like, okay, let's. Whoever's here is here, and let's have fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the vibe that I remember. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I got, I mean, we, we really took some chances and did some unique stuff. Um, and we start this card off with something that Biss fucking hates. <laughs> yes. We started this off uh, with a 20-man battle royale, which uh, Matthew Palmer actually had quite a hand in helping to produce. And I still think it reads okay, but there are still some people that really get lost in this mess. Um, yeah. But it's not something that I did. Now, when I do when I do a battle royal, I really micromanage the fuck out of it. I I really meticulously lay them out. And a lot of people, when I present them with the scripts for the battle royals that we do, their eyes kind of glaze over. But the whole thing is, is that if you have people that you're really plotting stuff out for... Uh, and you only get 70% of it, it's still way better than 99% of battle royals you see, even on television. Yeah. Um, but this was an instance where I did a little bit of the scripting. Matt had some ideas. Uh, it wasn't just something that was thrown together. Well, but, um, this is the first time we did, like, the time entrance. Yeah. <clears throat> like the Royal Rumble-style battle yeah. royal, too. Yeah. Um, which should should kind of make storytelling easier. It's not. But it, it's, it's not. Uh, Pat Patterson was a genius, you know. Yeah. Um but we're giving uh we're giving Matt a shot to uh to be Pat here. So the whole point of this twenty man battle royal is that uh several cards uh, ago at Fade to Black Two, after losing a title ranking match, Ricky throws the title down because he's like, Well I lost the match, I shouldn't keep the belt. It was not exactly how I wanted it to happen, but yeah. he vacates the title, yeah, and and you know stomps off, and so we have a vacated title, and we're going to use this twenty man battle royal to set up what will become a sudden death match between the last two men standing, uh, and it will. So isn't it supposed to be like a match that's going to take place at a later card? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so that. Uh... We get into that. A little okay, bit. yeah. So, but we do, we do some, we do some, we do some fun stuff here. Um, but anyway, so the twenty man battle royal includes Matthew Palmer, Andy Dalton, yep, Carson, Dick Justice is a special guest here. He's he's in town with Wrestle Circus. Yes, he is. And they they let him be on the card. So yeah. after I uh, talked about how much they were a pain in the ass, here they're helping us out. Yeah, I mean, well, we we scratched each other's backs yeah. quite frequently. Yep. Uh, Donovan Danhausen. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. 
Fantastico, Gary J, George Gatton is on this card. <laughs> uh, Ivory Robin, Jason Cade, who, God damn it, I love that guy. Cat Green, Matt Fitchett, Mike Dell, Mr. Uh, not going to talk about it. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul Titan, Ray Ortiz, who blew a gimmick that I, I set up for him here. Um, I was so bummed out. Um, Ryan Davidson is like one of our first looks at Ryan, <laughs> yeah. actually. And, Let's get into that, too, after. Yeah, and then, of course, Tursus is in this again. We have Tursus back. Uh, but we have a lot of fun with this this Battle Royal, and it's got a lot of star power to it. Yeah. And um, so initially, what's supposed to happen here is that the last two men, or the last two people... Competitors, yeah. Competitors, because we have women in this as well. The last two people standing will go on to have a match at Ecstasy of Gold four which will uh crown the new champion okay uh so let's talk about the battle royal a little bit yeah so i mean one name missing from here that we have to point out because it was a big part of setting this up this is the first show that jessica james misses yes right so jessica's supposed to be in the battle royal misses it due to to um some health issues but we're supposed to get her back for the next show so that'll come in that's going to come back up so keep that in the back of your mind yeah um, yeah, like, so, I mean, it's just crazy thinking about the names that are actually in this thing. Like, Danhausen, Cade, the, the stuff we're working with here is really cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is, so, so this is, this, they weave the story. Yeah. And, uh, it, it eventually comes down to Matthew Palmer. And Steve Arena. Wait, Matthew Palmer booked this. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. No. Putting himself over. <laughs> yeah. Him. Fucking uh, Palmer putting himself yeah. over. So so uh, this is really continuing the beef that these two guys have had for a while. Yeah. And it also helps helps the Steve-O character round a corner somewhere else. M- Matt, uh, Matt is about to take a, a character turn as well, which is actually really interesting. We really kind of have, have a weird switcheroo occur here. I believe it is Matthew Palmer, who's uh, at some point in the Battle Royal injured. He's injured in yep. the Battle Royal. Uh, but in spite of this, he you know he's kind of showing uh, some character traits that play into continuity that originally cost him the Inspire Pro title, where he basically says, I'm injured. You've been out. Steve Arena was like number one in yep. the Battle Royale. So he's been in there the longest. Matt is fresher, but he's hurt. Um, and so he feels, or he says, gets on the mic, says, We're pretty much on even ground right here. I say we don't wait until Ecstasy of Gold. I say we have this title match here and now. And the crowd is just going nuts. Yep. Crowd is into it. Our numbers are also back up for this show. We're not where we started, no, but, but we're we're, we're higher than that fucking Saturday show. Yeah, though, we're that's doing for a lot sure. better. We're climbing back up, okay. Um, but we spiral into this Inspire Pro title match, and the bell rings, and then Matthew does the most heel thing that he can do, which is lays into Stevo, leaves him laying, and reveals that he has not hurt his leg at all. Yeah. Kind of skips around the ring. He has cajoled Steve-O into this opportunity, and he is going to pick the bones. And it is great storytelling. Um, but this this is a this is a phenomenal match, worthy of the title between two guys that the fans both really dig, and it really opens a lot of doors and paves the way for this ultimate feud between the two guys. It just just doesn't ever quit. And. I mean the the fact that this is on this card is because of we're not sure no. <laughs> when we're going to run again. Right? We don't know. We yeah. don't know if there's going to be an ecstasy of gold. <laughs> we really don't. Uh, like, we don't. Of course, but, we're not playing that card, but yeah, we're we don't know. But this is fun. I think, yeah. I think even Matt tried to stop me from doing this, but I said no, we're going to do this. But then the angle with the injury popped up, and the idea was something he was so in love with that he was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah. And so we do, and it's uh. But also him coming out, Steve-O coming out at one. I think this is like one of the first really super hardcore collaborative things that Matt and I did creatively. But it it re- re- remains one of my favorite pieces of storytelling, especially with how it plays into Steve and Matt's relationship with Andy exiting and Andy being back here uh, for the first time in a while. Yeah, this is his return from, from Japan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, of course, comes back and 
you know, we're not sure if uh, what we're going to do going forward. So, but, no. you know, it's good to have, if this is a swan song, it's pretty cool to have these people all involved, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Spoiler alert, it's not. Yeah. There's a show next week, we promise. But in spite of the fact that Matthew has lined his ducks up and he has taken advantage of Steve-O, he does not wind up victorious in this match. Does. In fact, Steve-O becomes Mr. Inspire Pro. Steve Arino becomes the Inspire Pro champion here. And this is his moment. This is a yeah. huge moment for him. Yeah, and, and, you know, Steve was kind of one of the guys on the outside looking in as far as the Wrestle Circus stuff. So he was... He was our guy, you know. This yeah. this really kind of puts the the torch in his hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, and but he's also the guy that had the belt that also was mistreated at the yeah. circus that I mentioned last week. Yeah. Uh, I I don't begrudge him that because I I know that he was just trying to do what was best for him and what's best for him is best for the company that invests in him. But yeah. it didn't quite play out how he, it should. A lot of people who were very defensive or protective of that company. Uh, at the onset, changed their minds yeah. and did a complete like 180 uh, at some point because they really saw the writing on the wall. They saw that there weren't going to be a lot of opportunities for local guys. No. So yeah, it it was not a great show representing Texas wrestling. It was just show. It was just a good wrestling show that happened to happen in Texas. Yeah. You know. You know. I really think they wanted to be the PWG of the South. I don't. I don't think they yeah, necessarily wanted. Fucking they wanted to PWG was still half California guys, you yeah. know, like that's the bitch of it, but it was the flavor. I think that they yeah. wanted to achieve. It was a notoriety, the cult status of that, that they wanted to achieve. Yeah. You know? and, and that, that term, it's not so much anymore because AEW's is kind of taking the, the sting off of that. <clears throat> but like people say that, right. The PWG of wherever, but like, I don't think they really know the history of PWG. Like, that's the no. frustrating thing. Like, you can parachute in and be like, oh, man, this is awesome. They just bring in all the names. Well, yeah, they, but they worked for fucking a decade or more to get to that point. That's one thing that I continually brought up is that it was something that was very, very much cultivated. It's They, they built they built they built the ship and uh, worked out all the bugs yeah. and, and fought. But then people just kind of. Yoink! Yeah, that's the blueprint the, the, and thought. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do this. No, you you don't get to parachute in halfway through. Like, no. you don't get to not see the like Scorpio Sky versus Human Tornado feud type stuff no. that built up that company and the stuff with fucking Hero and, they, and, and Kingston. They really, they really didn't have like Wrestle Circus had the matches, but they really didn't have any long term booking ideas. I think that worked. There were no real feuds or real storylines outside of the stuff with Jordan. Uh, Jordan and then Scorpio Sky. Yeah. who you know you're. You're flying in, and he's Scorpio. I'm I'm gonna go down a path again. It's it's not okay. It's not what people tune into this for. Yeah, but. they do actually. Shut so, up. Get so, down that road. So Scorpio Sky was already made by PWG, made in California. Now they had found him in a scrap heat somewhere and dusted him off. And hey, props to you. One of my favorite fucking guys as I was getting into the business that was doing cool stuff in the indies. You know, but you didn't. I, you didn't make Scorpio Sky like you just reintroduced him. You know, it would be like uh, us if we just grabbed Hernandez and did a story with Hernandez. But we would never do that, so don't say that. Uh, like I got you, but that, I mean that's that's a given, right? <laughs> yes. But if we were to let's hypothetically, we grabbed Hernandez and we did this great story with Hernandez, it wouldn't we wouldn't have made Hernandez. Like no. we just went. Well, no one's doing anything with that fucking asshole. I, so. I also feel like in terms of how the Indies were, were at that point in time with the names that were on them, Scorpio had arrived in a situation that really complemented what he had been doing all along. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It, it was, yeah. It, it, you just had to kind of drop him in, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they had the, they had the stuff with Tessa, but TNA was doing stuff with Tessa, you know? Um. Who from Texas did they elevate? That's, that, that remains my question. Like, it, it, like you can maybe say Sammy, but you're wrong, you know, because he was already over. Like I, n- I never saw anybody talking <clears throat> about any of the Texas guys that they they were they were shifting gears on. Like 
I never really saw anybody talk about Ricky Starks when he was on the Wrestle Circus cards when I would like read message boards or stuff. I mean, he was part of the flavor of the company, but I, I don't feel like he was in a position where he got to excel and be himself. Yeah, or be be highlighted, right? Yeah. So, yeah. There's only so there's only so much that you can you can cut off for yourself when you're in an 18 person scramble. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's with, with a bunch of guys from a different state. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, <clears throat> you, do, you do get lost in the shuffle. But anyway, there, yeah. You know, yeah. There's that old term like you can't make money with the guy that you can see in the McDonald's pay, you know, drive through. But you know, fuck, <laughs> you know. Come on, man. Yeah. Anyway, Steve-O grabs the gold. His moment. He has arrived. Mr. Inspire Pro has the Inspire Pro title. Um, and this was a great moment for him. And I think it's a highlight for him. And, and we are still telling great stories with Steve-O. Yeah. He's been just an endlessly valuable component to the company. The, and there were two stories that kind of have, you know, there's there's actually three. But there's, and I'll, I'll get to the third one that I, I'm not mentioning later on. But there was two stories that really had a, a big thread throughout the entire Red Oak, Red Oak Ballroom era, right? And the, the Steve-O and Matt really carried the, these four shows. Um, and it's going to carry over into some of the other shows. Um, the other being the Sammy story, where Sammy really kind of took that next step and uh, really got that edge and that sandpaper grit to him. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other that we'll go into here in about two matches. Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this is one of the goofy ass Max matches <laughs> featuring two uh, two sculpted uh, two sculpted gimmicks. Yes. Where we have yes, Great Depression uh, taking on the epileptic Caesars in a handicap match. Uh, this is mainly just for sheer absurdity <laughs> and shits and giggles, but it's a fun match. Yeah. It, um, there's a. Do you remember the start of the match? No, I don't. So, um, Greg is in a wheelchair, <laughs> and the epileptic Caesars come out and they grab his wheelchair and they're like wheeling him around, and he's like stuck in the wheelchair looking back. Like it's pretty funny. And as a guy that doesn't do a lot of haha stuff, like I I I laughed at this it is even a fun watching match, it back. Like, this it is. Yeah. The, and, and the boys did good. Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. great. Um, and. I think recently you got someone asked what the idea behind the epileptic Caesars was. I feel like I don't know who asked that question. We already explained explained it, but that that episode might not have aired just yet. But um, I felt that, I feel like whoever asked that question was doing it from a, a point where they had their arms folded, like, oh, yeah. So uh, what's the deal with this epileptic <laughs> Caesars? Like, what this uh, special needs gimmick? Mm. And so I'm going to talk about this. First of all, it's just a stupid play on words. And sometimes you can just do that. But the thing is, is that with the epileptic Caesars, the whole idea was to create these characters that were just sort of high energy. Um, the guys involved were not, in my opinion, these fantastic physical specimens. They were hard workers, uh, except for one of them who eh, kind of fucked off, and that was why the gimmick wound up dying. Well but, Go ahead. Uh, but like the 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 you know the gimmick was fun. Um, we weren't making fun of people with epilepsy. Yeah. The idea was to create these characters who just kind of weren't spazzy, but were just very extremely high energy. And um, what made me happy though was that they were never made to look like goofs. They were supposed to be made to look like like these very like endearing characters who would oftentimes um, be be successful. Like I wanted to push them I wanted to push them into a title situation, but unfortunately the work wasn't there, the dedication to the product wasn't there. I don't think they were ever truly comfortable with the gimmick, even though they do really good in this match. But main problem was uh, was it was it Maximus? Oh you're gonna get me I lying. I Taylor. Taylor. Whoever Taylor, Taylor was Jet? Yeah. Taylor Jett um, just blew off shows. He moved to Corpus Christi. Did he? Yeah, yeah, like halfway through the run. But the the weird thing... like, Well, he also injured himself for, for a stretch, too, by doing something dumb. I don't remember what it well, was. Well, that, that was part of course. Yeah. Um, Taylor was athletically uh, gifted, though. Like, could do pretty could, phenomenal things. Yeah, that guy could do some crazy stuff in the ring. And who was the other Jet? Uh, you can... Uh, a Maximus or whatever it is. No, Gannicus. Gannicus, right. Um, was more committed and 
showed up and yeah. was more into putting in the work to to get the characters over, <clears throat> but just was not didn't really offer us anything outside of that athletically no, or I, as I a worker. Felt, I felt like we were in, kind of in a situation that was similar to Thomas Munoz. Yeah. Which, God damn it, man, why didn't I bring Thomas in as the other, the other Caesar? <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah. Um, but The yeah. third Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he could have replaced Maximus. Yeah. That would have been, oh man, that would have been a painful team. Oh, um, brutal. Yeah. But I, I joke because jokes are funny. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. No offense if you're hearing this and it pisses you off. But, you know, no, I, I really felt like the epileptic Caesars had legs. And there was no point where we were goofing on epileptic fits. Yeah. There was no epileptic fit. It was just a, a, a silly silly name. Um, and and to be frank with you, the reason why I really kept pushing uh, the Gannicus character, even after the Maximus character kind of fell off, was because I had someone when we were eventually at another venue come up to me. It was a mother. Yeah. And she said, are the epileptic seizures on this card? And I said, oh, uh, Gannicus is on the card. Uh, Maximus isn't on the card. Uh and she said, man, my son has epilepsy and it really makes him feel so good to see somebody with this special, you know, yeah. special need, this person with this disability wrestling. And, you know, the idea, I guess, I think was that they thought that, that the wrestler, the actual wrestler had epilepsy, yeah. uh, which was not the case. But from there on, I treated the character a little differently and I had to be more yeah. sensitive about it. But it made me feel good that this kid saw, saw Gannicus and thought... Yes, this is a guy that I can identify with. Yeah, you know. And yeah, so, and yeah. They're, 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 no one who saw the gimmick who had epilepsy apparently thought it was in poor taste. Yeah, and that was my worry to begin with. Yeah. But once we, it, it was a fucking '90s Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, you know, that was like, the point. It, it was it was the rockers. It was the rockers trope. It basically. was it was basically it was basically <laughs> Animal House. Yeah. With and, and for me, it was Animal House meets the Ultimate Warrior. That's what I was going for. And it was a goofy yep. name that I thought was funny. Um, if that makes me insensitive, oh fucking well, you know. Uh, I'm not the most sensitive guy at times, but there was nothing mean-spirited directed toward anybody with it. We weren't doing angles that were based around the actual uh, the actual yeah. condition or anything like that. There wasn't like countouts because there was a fucking episode or something, no, not right? At all. Some dumb not shit at all. like that. That would have been horrible, but I probably didn't. see on TV. Anyway, um, let's move right along. There's something uh, really oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, but depression goes up on this situation yeah. i think it's just because i didn't really know what i didn't know where we were going and so i just yeah. decided to do this match with two of my creations <laughs> to just to sate my own massive get, ego get yourself over brother yeah S somehow even though you weren't involved up next though was kind of a dream match for uh <laughs> for for you yeah. and for yeah. joe yeah this well this was this was jojo right but but you, it was cool for me to be able to like give him this, right? You're a Kikataro Mark, dude. Don't. don't I, I enjoy Kiko. Yeah, I enjoy Kiko. Um, so but jo is, Jojo is a huge, huge fan. Yeah, this is a uh, Jojo versus Kikataro. Also, kind of playing off the whole Battle Wars trajectory of him really shitting on goofy ass wrestlers, which yeah. is so funny because that's really what Joseph is about. He yeah. loves the comedy wrestling. But this is him basically trying to crush anything that demeans the sacredness of professional wrestling. So this match is just continuing that, that arc. Yeah. And this is the third story that I feel really was strong throughout the uh, the Red Oak era. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, this was kind of the cap of it, which Kikutaro just uh, being around him was, was a lot of fun. And... You know, Kikitaro politically has a lot of connections within the wrestling business. So <clears throat> somebody asked the question about Japanese talent. A lot of Japanese talent comes in and stays with Kikitaro. So um, there had been talks of br bringing an entire um, RV full of Japanese wrestlers down for a show. Kiko was in, uh, based out of Las Vegas at this point, wasn't he? Uh, he, had dis he had just moved there. So two fun Kikitaro stories. Um, number one. Um, before the show, we, we were walking around and, uh, he, he was walking outside and he, um, he told me, he's like, Oh, my knee, my knee, uh, it's, it's locked. Right. But he said it in a way that like old timers would like rib me when I was coming up, you know? So I thought he was fucking with me. Right. I'm like, ah, oh, Kikataru. And I had, you know, it's before the show. 
So I had to go up to the front of the building to grab something, and then I was coming back. Well, I come back, and he's still in the same position. No, he had legit locked his knee and was, like, asking me for help, and I left him in the front of the building. So I had to come back and be like, oh, my God, I thought you were ribbing me. I thought you were ribbing me. And we helped him stretch his knee out. And then I'm like, well, holy fuck, he just, you know, locked his knee sitting here BSing before the show, right? Like, how healthy is he going to be to wrestle? And then he goes out and has, like, fucking this amazing match with JoJo, right? So the other funny story is that at this point he was uh, qualifying for a apartment in uh, in Las Vegas, and he had to he had to prove um, his income, right? So he asked me for a pay stub from the show, which uh, surprise surprise we we don't we don't pay in that manner, right? You get you get. Whatever the agreed your, amount, yeah, you get your envelope in an envelope with your name on it. Maybe a little clever, you know, note on there from Biss. If I'm feeling squirrely the night before when I put all that stuff in the envelope, <clears throat> so I had to send an email to his apartment complex um, that he was trying to qualify for, saying, you know, yes, uh, this is the amount that that we pay him for. You know, shows bi monthly, blah blah blah. Um, so that was kind of interesting too. Yeah. So. Anyway, this was a really fun match. It's hilarious. It's Just amazing. fucking it was, hilarious. People, yeah. People, people were dying. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really had fun here. I think this is also a match. This, this card, in particular, uh, had a lot of faces that I didn't recognize in the audience. So this was it's interesting you bring this up for the Kikataro match. I switched our average our digital advertising to also focus on anime fans. Yeah. So this was the first show that we really did that. So they may have come expecting like Super Fantasy Force to be like an anime convention or something, but I think we kept some of them, so it worked. Yeah. No, I mean we there were a lot of people that I I saw who were also just like film people. Yeah. Which was weird. Um, Considering that we were no longer in a, in, a, in a venue that also hosted films. But this match was fantastic. Really loved it. And I also loved how we kind of had this very highly charged uh, title, uh, title uh, minting where, you know, Steve wins the title. Very emotional. Uh, and then we go from that into kind of a fun, goofy match that still has high energy. Uh, with Depression and the Caesars. And then we go into Jojo and Bravo, which is this moment that a lot of people who are fans of Kikataro were looking forward to. It delivers. It's a funny match. It's really engaging. And from there we go into a match that really over-delivers, yeah. in my opinion. It, but it also it's also kind of giving Cherry his rebound after uh, after his match with, uh, with Great Depression. Uh, and, you know, there's this idea that we're eventually going to circle back around to that. To, to that pairing again, and Sherry's going to get his win back. Uh, we never do that, of course, yeah, uh, because you know things change. <laughs> but this is this is a match between Ray and Sherry. I think this is a match that Ray actually really wanted to do. Yeah, you know, um, and it's 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 a pairing that's that's incredibly unlikely when you look at it on on paper. It's it's a, it's a strange it's a strange pairing. Yeah. It's not a match that you think you want to see. But when these guys started to go, man, it elevated Cherry to this level that just, that just, I mean, it, it changed him in the eyes of fans. Um, we really got to see what Cherry could do here. Yeah, Cherry brought his working boots yes. on this night, right? Uh, I think a lot of people actually walked away saying that this was the match of the night for them. And there were a lot of times, I think, during the Red Oak period where Cherry was low-key in the match of the night, you know? Yeah. Not not necessarily at the top of the card, but, but yeah. de- over delivering and just doing phenomenal work. And this was, I think, this match actually had uh, it, it it garnered a standing ovation from the crowd that was in attendance. And, and afterward, Ray put Cherry over big time. Um, and it really, we really wanted to have a match that put Cherry somewhere in the title contention picture, somewhere left him in a place that people could look at him more seriously. Because when he comes out. To you know, Def Leppard and shakes his yeah. ass. It's like he's fun, but he's also a phenomenal worker. There's more to him than that, and this really was a match that let us see him in a different light. So th- this is also Ray is about to move to Florida. Yes, and um, 
you know, about about to sign a pretty ex- exclusive contract, right? The f- the first one. So this is <clears throat> we're not sure when we're going to be able to get him back, depending on how long our layoff is going to be, right? So this is potentially a farewell for Ray. We we know at this point, you know. Yeah, uh, but phenomenal match, dark oh. ho- dark horse like match, but perhaps match of the night at this point. Um, and this is a this is honestly when I say this is one of my favorite cards that we've ever done from top to bottom the wrestling is really upper echelon the ideas are fun I feel like there were some missteps during Red Oak in terms of creative that I just you know I was going through stuff but this is like for me the card where I felt like I was back in my groove I think yeah. um, and after this we have uh, an interesting match it's yeah. a three way match and we have to kind of go into why this happened at first I think. Uh, going into this card, we had intended to do some stuff uh, with, I think the idea was we were initially going to do Controversy versus Delilah Doom with Joey Ryan yeah. as her partner, kind of revisiting their uh, their 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 team up from from several cards ago. But as, as had become a trend, the NWA is fucking with Inspire Pro. <laughs> the, the week before the show. Yeah, this was the week before the show. They pulled him. Yeah, they pulled Tim again. So yeah. we ba- Tim, and Tim at this point, Tim, Tim levels with us, and he says, yeah. "Look, this is they're they're just they're just goofing with you right now." Yeah, and he says, "And I can't, in good conscience, have this belt on me because they're just going to continue to do this shit to you." So I think maybe you guys should like vacate the title yeah. or vacate the. And I said, "Well, hold on, let's not, <laughs> let's not, you know." pants vega too let's let's do something interesting here so i got to play around with this idea and i said and and you know i said basically well let's let's let davy keep his belt because the whole concept of the twin dragon connection titles were that they could be defended individually like say davy if he wanted to could defend his belt and if he lost tim wouldn't lose his belt but tim would just wind up with a new partner so the idea here is that joey Delilah and Davey will vie for the vacated uh, title that Tim once possessed. And if Davey wins, he gets to keep it and give it to whomever he wants. Uh, But here we decide to kind of go in a different direction, and we put the title on Delilah Doom. And man, this this yielded... (laughs) And a lot of people, when I pitched this, were just like, what? This is stupid. But it wasn't stupid. Anyway, Davey, who is clearly... The heel in, in this equation winds up with Delilah, the plucky Doom, as his new partner. And this yields a really fun dynamic where Doom is exuberant and excited <laughs> to be a champion. And Davey is just super fucking annoyed with her. There's a great promo photo that we use for a lot of the photos where where Davey just looks like he's dying and his eyes are crossed and, and Delilah's just hugging him. It's such a great photo that really sums up this pairing. But this was a very fortunate pairing. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I was very happy with this match. The crowd had fun with it. I don't think anybody anticipated that Delilah was going to go over. But it yields something going forward that, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and it, it kind of brings Davey full circle, too. Yeah, the dynamic between those two is just fucking gold. Yeah. Once we get to that point, like, there's so much we get to do with it. Um, we'll be into it, obviously, for the next couple uh, <clears throat> podcasts as we get, go into the new uh, the new era. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it yields a ton of really fun moments. Yeah. And this brings us to <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing Biss ever let me do <laughs> and inspire. And, boy, yeah, this is, a, this is actually something I've been really excited to talk about for a while. So, um... This this stems from a storyline that really didn't get to play out how we originally thought it would, where we had the submission squad take Barrett Brown under their wing and mold him into this grizzled fet. Uh, we had Barrett doing a lot of stuff with NWA2 at the time, and he was getting pulled from cards. It made it difficult to really see the storyline through. And so impromptu at one event... Gary cut a promo talking about how Barrett, who couldn't be on the show, just couldn't hack it and died. 
which was a very literal thing. I'm, I made it very literal. We decided that Barrett Brown would have died under the pressure of the tutelage of Evan and Pierre, the submission squad. And from there, still wanting to do stuff with, with Barrett, I decided that we would basically just record these voiceovers, which we then augmented with effects, and Barrett, as a ghost, would menace the submission <laughs> squad. Uh, basically just going, Ooh, Pierre, Evan. And of course, every time it would cause uh, the submission squad to lose a match. And these haunting threats culminate in the match that we are about to have, where uh, the submission squad <laughs> are forced to fight two ghosts, <laughs> Boo Thez and Chris Boonois. Um, <laughs> so two of my favorite things that ever happened at an Inspire Pro Show happened during this match. So when we announced the ghosts coming out, uh, first of all, they are guys in white sheets and hoods. And I made the outfits, but there's a problem. <laughs> and it doesn't, it really, <laughs> there's a moment in the back when the guys who are under the hoods are standing in gorilla, kind of just getting ready to, to warm up and get out there. And Albert is backstage, even though he's not on the card, but Albert walks up and he walks up to one of the ghosts who has kind of, <laughs> I realized Albert's just standing there kind of like with a very like, unhappy look on his face looking at one of the ghosts and he looks at me and goes that ain't right man and i realized that the ghost hood kind of looks like a clan hood and i went oh fuck man this isn't coming off like i thought it would because i just i just i just didn't think about it so they you know? like watching it obviously i have this in my mind when i'm watching it back but they the sleeves Look very ghost-like. Yeah, like the sleeves are ghost, but yeah, it's just the point, the point on the actual head of the hood. It's, it's like, not a big one. It's, it's, it's a little, just enough. It's just a little. It's just just enough, but it's not like this. It's not like the dunce cap. Yeah, you know. No. But um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm just. Should I spill the beans on who it was? Yeah, sure. So okay. we'll, we'll unmask everybody on okay. the, these last so, two weeks. Uh, I gotta say, first of all. Two of my favorite things that occur that have occurred on cards happened during this match. So when Chris Boonwall was announced, there was the most audible fucking groan <laughs> from a crowd. The people were like laughing, but going, "Oh, too, I feel bad." Too laughing. soon, too yeah, soon. But it wasn't even too soon. <laughs> no. It was just like the people Fuck were like, that guy. "Yeah," it was like Chris Boonwall. Oh, but also <laughs> laughter, yeah. you know. And then at, when the ghosts and submission squad begin to wrestle, someone screams. What the fuck is happening? I love this. <laughs> Which is just the most baffling thing I've heard anybody scream at the top of their lungs at a wrestling show. But anyway, the best part is when the ghosts come out. And it is, I believe, uh, it is <laughs> Matthew Palmer steps up to play <laughs> Boothettes. Yeah. And Matt takes the mic and says, uh, he says, look, I know this is the South and it looks kind of bad. But I just want to say that we are not who you think we are. We are ghosts. <laughs> just a couple of dead guys. Just a couple of dead guys. And I think he even says Black Lives Matter, <laughs> yes. which is, hey, man, we were ahead of the curve. Yeah. But he actually says Black Lives Matter. You know, we're just we're just a couple of dead guys. Yeah. yeah. And that moment, like people are dude, people are dying. People are laughing. The response to this is better than I could have hoped for. But. What happens here is this match was also supposed to be the outro for Pierre. Yeah. Pierre had signed a contract, an exclusive contract. With the, the National Wrestling League. <laughs> and so he was basically done. Yeah. He and was office. He was office. Yeah. And so he couldn't be on our cards anymore. And so basically what happens here is there's a moment in this match which mirrors um, uh, the pottery scene <laughs> yes. from Ghost, and uh, and the Everly Brothers begins to play over the PA, and I believe there's, I think, I think one of them is sitting on, someone is sitting on one of the submission squad members, like they're a bench. Yeah. And the so ghost, Evans the bench, yeah. Evans the bench, and I think it's, I think it's Palmer uh, with Pierre 
and they're molding the pot together <laughs> as the Everly Brothers play, and people are just dying, yes. man. I, and I think I was crying at this point, man. It was brilliant. It was really good. If you can find this match, oh, it's it's holds up. I watched every second of it. Yeah, uh, maybe we should put that up for free somewhere. Oh my god, we should definitely, dude. Come on, yeah. and, and you know we need to talk about this match though because this was the match that MJF saw, and he saw oh, it, and, it? He's, and he's like, oh. I need to work with you guys. <laughs> he didn't get to do anything that this goofy because yeah. I was not allowed to do a lot of shit this goofy, but man, fans, who wants to see Boothez make a comeback in an inspired <laughs> ring? Come on, man. I'm, you know, fuck you. I'm doing it. Boothez, booked, booked, brother. But anyway, the match concludes with, um, with Pierre being carried off and kidnapped, abducted by the no, ghost. No, no, no. Evan. No. Pierre. No, Evan. No, Evan gets in the bag. Yeah, yeah. So the match concludes basically with Boothez and Chris Benoit uh, putting Evangelistico in a body bag and absconding with him. And Pierre basically just kind of being, you know, doesn't he chase him? Yeah, so the submission squad get the victory. And Pierre has his farewell speech because this he's been wrestling and we'll get to more of this, too. He's been wrestling in Texas for a decade at this point. Yeah. So this is his farewell to the fans. So he has his farewell moment. He leaves. Evan comes back and cuts starts to cut a promo while he's cutting the promo. The ghosts return and jump him and put him in a body bag. Yes. So. Two leaf notes on this one. We'll get into yes. two different stories Evan, after this. Evan being a la- Evan, this being the last time you see Evan in a uh, leaving in a body bag becomes pivotal at a later point. Yes. Okay. But anyway, this also leads to Gary J, who's there with the squad as a squad yeah. member. Uh, yeah, he runs back out with the body bag. So the ghosts take him out. Gary's got the body bag. He runs back in the ring. He's going to save his buddy Evan. He unzips the bag. And it's Barrett Brown. Out pumps Undertaker Barrett Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a pretty good match. It's a pretty good little match, right? Amazing. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. For what this... This is literally supposed to be like five minutes just to cap this all off and make yeah. it all make sense. And they fucking try to kill each other. Yeah. It's, I love I love both of it them. It is amazing that you have this stupid match with these ghosts <laughs> wrestling the submission squad that culminates in this... Really hard hitting fucking yeah. barn burner. It's legitimately a good wrestling match, and that that my friends is why we do this. <laughs> but this is this was a great match, a great a great end of the art. Um, I was really pleased with this. It paid off in dividends, man. Yeah. I loved it. I loved every moment of it, and I think we should try and get both these matches up. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, I mean, they're basically. I mean, you might as well put them together, right? They, yeah. They flow oh, together it's very well. The same story, so I think you kind of yeah. need both. So, um, the background story here is like Pierre has been wrestling in Texas for a decade. Like it has been pretty highly involved in the scene. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's this weird give and take of what we need as a company, which is this match. And then, you know, how, how do you say farewell to this guy? Right. And we aired on the side of what was good for the company, yeah. you know? And, there was there was pressure to go. Hey, why don't we do this multi man tag with everyone that's been involved with them? You know, akin to like what you just saw when Liger retired from New Japan, where like it's this <clears throat> weird um, nostalgia trip type thing, and it just none of that really worked for what we were doing. I, I make the joke to this day um, that <clears throat> that was Pierre's last match. <laughs> like, yeah, I, sorry, Pierre, brother. You know type deal but in all reality that match encapsulated um the submission squad right absolutely they t- they took that and they made gold with it you know um for their part uh palmer and gatlin made gold with it right and made this really cool moment that fucking had people laughing their asses off and i while i make that joke if you ever see me make that joke the actual truth of the matter is is that nothing really encapsulates what they were more than that match. That's just this really cool for me to look back and the, and the amount of time that I spent with those guys um, 
would have it been nice for them to have like this weird nostalgia thing in hindsight or like, you know, not looking through it through a creative lens? Sure. But what actually happened, I think, is more fitting. Is more fitting. Yep. More fitting. Yep. And yeah, it's, it was a great. Um, it's a great match. Great payoff to the angle that a lot of people were just like, where the fuck is this going? But just the sheer, the laughter uh, of the audience, which is something that is very rare to achieve. I think when something is genuinely funny, and wrestling is full of bad comedy. Yes. And, but, and this is definitely silly, but it's a, it's a moment that uh, is smart, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, so from here we go into Inspire Pro's uh, Pure Prestige title match. Uh, at, I think at the... I don't remember what card it was, but we had uh, the Congressional Medal of Honor up for grabs in uh, a battle royal. Yeah, the and, the first red oak. Yeah, so it's funny. It took took a little while to get here, but uh, at a previous point in time, Terrell Tempo had decided that he wanted to challenge for the Pure Prestige title. Uh, it was really one of the only titles he could challenge for at that moment in time because Inspire Pro's title was vacated, um, and Tempo, of course, wants to go for the gold. Of course, there's no animosity. This isn't a turn. But rather, this is just him vying for something that he wants from a man that he respects. And at this point in time, both of these guys are pretty much at... They're, they're at the apex of their popularity within the company, yeah. I would say. And so this is just this just made sense. It was a hot match. It was an amazing way to kind of like close out our time there. I don't even know if we, we knew that... I knew. I know that we knew. We weren't sure where the fuck we were going. Yeah. But I don't know if we knew that this was the end of the Red Oak Ballroom line. Um, Red Oak was pretty much done. We, we were pissed, but I don't <clears throat> think that this was like. Yeah. I don't think it was done until the next day. That's <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Yeah. The blood had not dried on the contract. Yeah. Until until the next day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this is a good. This is a good example of what we are. Um. I mean, this is just two guys wrestling to, to prove who's better, which is my wheelhouse, right? So you have this on the same card. You have the Ghost, and you have the Kikotaro match and that type of stuff, right? Um, what I don't like in wrestling is where you have two guys and you add silly stuff in to gimmick up a match that really just has to be two guys wrestling over who's better. Right. We have the We have everything in here, right? Not all crammed into one fucking thing, right? We didn't have to put all the bells and whistles on this main event because the main event sold itself as fucking Keith has the belt. Tempo thinks that he's good enough to take the belt. They don't. They haven't shot fucking fireballs at each other or anything like that. Not like, not that when that's appropriate that it doesn't work. But, but in, it's a, just, in a larger sense too, though, this really lives up to the title of the belt. Yeah, this is just two guys. Yeah, is, two guys. I want to know who's best. I think I'm better. I think I can take your belt. Let's it is, do it. It is, it is a great moment in pure Texas wrestling, I think. It was a phenomenal match. It was a match a lot of people wanted to see. Uh, and what I remember being really special about this match is that a lot of people, the crowd was divided. Yeah. I don't think anybody knew who was going to walk away. And at this point in time, Keith has had the title a while. Yeah. So that's another thing. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Tempo's time. You know, Keith is Keith is so dominant. Um, but this is a this is also the first match where Keith Lee wrestles as the primary champion of the company. Yeah, that's true. It's a historically yep. kind of an important moment. Previously, it had a title ranking match with uh, Ricky Starks where they wrestled for a dominance of respective title to see who the top title would be and who the secondary title would be. <clears throat> and that's what we get here. We get a we get a, a hell of a match. Um, potentially our swan song. And it, yeah. it does it if this had been the last Inspire Pro match, I could I could sit back and be happy. Yeah. Um it was not though. <laughs> no, no it was we, not. We push so. on. Um so I guess we get into the next day. <laughs> the next day. Yeah. So oh, <laughs> after after each of these shows, we have to go um, back and kind of settle, you know, the tab of the bar and see how we did. And it's always a nightmare. There's always they're they're always trying to pull something over yeah. on us. 
so I I go, um, and I, I show up, and the person I'm supposed to meet with is off in some other built um, room, and some there's ice, some ice queen, not a very nice lady. Yeah, whom I have to deal with quite frequently. Yeah, she's not there on this day. Yeah. So I get some intern girl, and I'm like, I need to speak to this person. Like, I think I'm on. No, I'm working nights, so I have to go, like, get this shit done before I have to go to work, right? <clears throat> and it's like, oh, yeah, he's busy with this. I'm like, I'm scheduled to meet with him at this time. I need to I need to speak with him now. You know, I'm I'm not pleasant at this point. No. Um, I think I'm supposed to go, like, save the building here a little bit, sort yeah. of, I guess. But, like, I think me and you both know, like, and it's t- not and looking TJ, good. And TJ, too, at this point. <clears throat> yeah. I, think, I think TJ is just, like... I think I, I I since that he was he was embarrassed by the fact that these people had turned out to be so shitty. Yeah. Because like he really helped broker us in here, and yeah. it, and it was it saved us. It did yeah. save us. Yeah. Um. But I also think and also he just like he was invested at this point, and it was just not a good situation for any of us. Yeah. I think at one point I even had paid rent for the building myself around this period. Yeah. This was where. Um... Yeah, you had come up with a way to come up with some cash. Yeah. I don't know how much of that you want to go into. You can. You, uh, yeah, Max uh, Max took on some some writing gigs to generate some cash just to make sure that we could keep running shows. So I know that that was like you had to stay up overnight to knock those out. So Yeah, that was weird. <clears throat> that, that kept us going. Um, and I know it wasn't like... It wasn't like fun writing. It was stuff no, that you weren't, weren't <clears throat> was, super into doing. It was no. It was actually for. It was actually ad money from a, a yogurt company in Beijing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, which you know we were we didn't know how we were and it, I think it was this show. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, we we like things just weren't working and like. It was like fighting in quicksand because we would go in one direction and we'd just sink further, it would seem like. so. It was basically a situation where if we didn't meet a certain number at the bar, they would tack it on to what we owed. Yeah. If we didn't make, I don't know, like two grand at the bar, we would wind up owing an additional like $3,000 or something. Something, <laughs> something, something crazy. It was crazy, yeah. So... Um, but at the same time, they were they were understaffing and they were understocking. So yeah. even if you had, even if you we, which we did, if you sold all the product at the bar, there still wasn't enough revenue to hit the number that they gave us. So they were clearly stacking the deck against us. Yeah. So anyway, this intern or whoever she is goes to this back room where this guy's just basically fucking off, right? And I'm right there. I can see into the closet. Like, hey, this guy's here, and I'm standing there basically glaring at him. He's like, oh, oh yeah, my mistake. Let me meet with you real quick. And it's like, okay, man, where are we sitting? And he starts the bullshit. Well, you know, this, this, and this. We, you know, what's left to square up is this amount. And I was like, no. I was like, no, we're not paying that. I was like, and I just started breaking it down. I was like, you guys, your waiters suck. Your entire staff can't support what we need. We offered to bring in our own waiters, and you refused to f- fucking do it. You don't have enough product for us to hit the goals that you're asking us to. When we signed up, we both agreed that we could work and we could both make money, and you don't give a shit. You're not trying at all, you know? Um, and he starts talking about, you know, how good the, the staff is and how good of people they are. And I basically was like, Dude, I don't, I'm sure they are, but I don't care. Like, I don't fucking care because they're not able to get the job done. And you won't allow us to bring in the people that we need to get the job done. Like, you fucked us. You have, you know. Um, and this is the point where he starts getting emotional. And um, basically, I didn't, we didn't pay. We didn't pay whatever the amount was. I don't know if TJ went up and settled up with him later, but fuck, I almost hope he didn't, right? Yeah. Because fuck those guys. Like, um, they sold us a bill of goods. They really fucked us over. And I may have done the thing that I hate the most is that I may have burned wrestling for that building. But fuck, I saved anybody that wanted to run there. You know? Well, we didn't. You may have you may have done that, but at the same time, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. We, we were we were always gracious. We always cleaned up as best we could. 
and uh, they basically set impossible goals for us. Like they basically were milking us. Yeah, it felt like we were being conned. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. We were definitely not the carniest people in the building. In that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Anyway, man. So we're gone. We're gone, and we don't know what's up. And uh, we're going to enter this weird, uh, this weird stasis for just, just a little bit, where we kind of regroup. And uh, I guess we'll get into that on the next episode of Inspire AD. Thanks for joining us.